0: Hey y'all, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finished your scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia Johnson, but you can call me Shay, and I am your host of Obedience Podcast. Here at Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God, B, believing in God's word, E, evolving through Christ Jesus, The Y, healing the Holy Spirit. So if you think that you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on any podcast and platform, be sure to hit that follow button so you are aware every single time a new episode uploads. But for all of our returning subscribers and listeners, welcome back. And let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 34 of Obedience Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and that is such an honor. But before we even get deep into this episode, I have to invite my co-host in, Holy Spirit. So let's take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. Father God, Father God, I want to thank you for allowing me to get on your platform another day. I want to thank you for the word, for the conviction, for the listeners, and everything that you have given to me through this ministry. I pray that through this episode, people's lives are changed. They realize that they can't hold on to what they think is valuable. They have to hold on to your unchanging hands. I pray, Lord, that through this episode, people learn how to obey, and this word reaches the many people that you have for it to reach. I pray that through this episode, any technical difficulties, they go away. I pray that everything goes smoothly, and I pray that the edit of this episode is a success. It has been a lot coming up to this episode, Lord, but I know when stuff like that happens, that just means you are going to provide a powerful word. So, Lord, I pray in this episode for more of you and less of me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so now that I've welcomed my co-host, in, in today's episode, we'll be jumping straight into the biblical background portion of the episode because this episode will include two very special guests. And whenever we have guests on the podcast, we like to move the high and low portion after the biblical background to provide the guests an opportunity to provide their high and low moments for the week. So I hope that you stick around to hear this amazing episode, but let's dive into the biblical background first. So do I have an episode for you guys today? I am so excited for the word that God sent me and... I promise y'all that this episode is not a pun to the title of the podcast. It just worked out this way. I promise you guys. So let me give y'all a little background on what led to this objective. And then we'll get into the biblical abortion. So first, back in November of last year, I met this guy. And I fell into the trap of liking him based off of his potential. Ladies, fellas. Y'all have probably been in the same predicament as me. You meet somebody, you have all of this potential lined up for them. And instead of falling for the person as they are presented to you, you fall into their potential of what they can be for you. And that's what I did in this instance. And with the potential blind in my sight, I didn't even recognize that there were many boxes that this guy didn't check. I was just filling in the potential in those boxes instead of actually taking him for like what he was giving me right so at the beginning of the year I went on a corporate fast as my church normally does and some of my fasting objectives included me being in a relationship that led to marriage so I was pretty much asking for guidance on dating and dating the correct way and so I was allowing God into my situation as Jonathan McGregor's famous song says So once I did this, I'm pretty sure that God was in heaven like, finally, finally. And he quickly, quickly let me know. He ain't doing this. He wasted no time letting me know that. But when he let me know that, I was like, but um, God, I kind of already like him. He has so much potential. And he was like, no, I said what I said. He's not the one. And you low-key already know it, which he wasn't lying. I I didn't know. I had those thoughts in the back of my mind, which is what led me to add that fasting objective to my fast because I just felt like something's missing from this situation. Something's missing. God led me to what exactly was missing. (laughs) So after God told me that I did begin to fall back extremely hard on that guy, but y'all, I will admit I did not cut him off all the way. I just fell back hard but he was still in my back pocket because I was so invested in the potential that he had. Then one day while reading first Samuel fifteen, God slapped me in my face with conviction and I knew <laughs> at that moment I had to cut ties completely with the guy and let him know flat out hey, this isn't going anywhere. If you want to be friends, we can be friends. But as far as a relationship, I ain't the one for you, bro. So the verse that really led to my conviction, so the key verse in 1 Samuel chapter 15, I want to point out is verse 22, where it says, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention is better than than the fat of rams. And like I said, this is where the objective of this episode comes from, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And basically the focus of this episode is to let you guys know that when God tells you to get rid of something, even if you think it's valuable, you need to get rid of it. From my viewpoint, like I mentioned, I thought that this guy was so valuable because of the potential of, I curated in my head that even after God told me to let him go, I was still entertaining him. I still had him in my back pocket because I felt like he was valuable to me. But when God tells you to let go of something, even if you think it's valuable, you have to let it go because we have to take heed that that situation, it really isn't valuable. It just appears that way. It has the mask of the enemy on it so you can slip up and fall. And the whole time this mask is covering my situation and I'm just like potential, potential, potential. And the whole while God is telling me, daughter, if you just let go, he is not that valuable, I promise you. Obey me and you'll see I'll make it worth your while. You'll actually see why I'm telling you it's not valuable. Now, at that point of the conviction, I did go to the guy and let him know, hey, this isn't going to work. We can be friends if you want, but I know romantically we're not going to be involved because I did realize that I was just falling for potential and not for what God promised me. And I was taking heed to what God was telling me through the story of 1 Samuel 15. Now, at this point in my life, this situation happened months ago. At this point in my life, I'm still single. I still don't have what God promised me in front of me, but I'm still trusting in what God promised me. I'm still trusting that eventually the right spouse will come up for me and it will really be worth my while. I won't have to fall for potential. I'll actually be falling for my promise. Just Think about how that sounds if you're single right now and you have failed for potential. Can you imagine falling for somebody who you're not falling in love with their potential? You're actually falling in love with the promise that God had for you. They're actually checking the boxes that you have on your list. Don't settle, sis. Don't settle. I don't know who that's for, but don't settle. i been having to tell myself that a lot. Don't settle. Because with the God that we serve, he doesn't want you to settle. He's not a settling God. Settle doesn't exist to him. That's not a word in his dictionary. You don't have to settle, sis. I'm definitely digressing. Let me get back to the point. (laughs) So getting back to the point, the question that I want to ask today, are you holding on to something that you deem is valuable that God has told you to let go? If you are, you are blocking your blessing. That situation, if it's a person, if it's a thing, it's in the way for what God has promised you. So you have to let it go in order for God to place your promise in your life. So, sis, let it go and obey. So in today's biblical background, we will be discussing King Saul and when God decided to reject him as king. And in the story, what led up to this rejection was Saul deemed something as valuable and he was not obedient to God and it blocked his blessing and he was rejected as king of Israel. So for everyone who has the Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15. So in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 3, Samuel tells Saul exactly what God needs him to do. It says, go and attack the Amalekites and completely destroy everything they have do not spare them, kill men and women, infants and nursing babies, oxen and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul is initially obedient and he rallies his troops and he goes to the Amalekite land and he begins to attack as God said. But in verse eight, we see exactly where Saul went wrong. Verse eight says, he captured King Agad alive, but he completely destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword. Saul and his troops spared Agad and the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and choice animals, as well as the young rams and the best of everything else. They were not willing to destroy them, but they did destroy all the worthless and unwanted things. Mm, 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 mm. So that last part that I read is actually verse nine. That lets us know that Saul thought the Amalekite king, the best sheep and goats, cattle, choice animals, young rams, he thought those were very valuable and he got rid of everything else that was deemed worthless and unwanted. But if we go back to verse 3, God was very specific and said, do not spare them, destroy everything. He didn't say, keep what you think is important. Keep what you think that you want. He said, destroy everything. But instead of being obedient to God, Saul decided that he wasn't willing to destroy those things that he thought were very valuable. He was only going to destroy the things that he deemed worthless. And as a result of this, God rejected Saul as king. God's exact words in verse 11 are, I regret that I made Saul king. For he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. So after I read the entire first Samuel 15 and I reflected on the situation after God convicted my heart, I realized that I was flat out reflecting the behavior of Saul in my situation. God had told me, Shay, he's not the God for you. You can do better. And I was like, um, no, he is valuable. So therefore, I'm not going to let it go. I was being just like Saul. I wasn't remembering the key fact that God is the one who knows what's valuable. He can see all the way down the path of my life and know, yeah, he's the right one. She's a good friend. She's a good role model. He sees all this. So why wouldn't I trust in what he's telling me to do? And because we serve a gracious and merciful God, he checked me. He convicted me regarding this situation in the moment of me reading 1 Samuel chapter 15. And I read this story so many times. and He provided Saul with conviction as well. In verses 11 through 19, God is speaking conviction through Samuel to Saul. And the last verse of these scriptures, verse 19, it provides Saul with the opportunity to repent. It says, so why didn't you obey the Lord? Why did you rush on the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight. Now, in my situation, I took heed to what God was telling me. I asked for forgiveness and then I repented. I accepted what I did wrong and I gave it over to God. But Saul did the complete opposite in his situation. He heard God's conviction and he came up with this crazy excuse as to why he did what he did. He never took accountability for what he did. Saul actually stood 10 toes down on what he did and then provided the crazy excuse like I mentioned that he kept everything that was valuable so he could provide sacrifices to God. So in verse 21 Saul says the troops took sheep goats and cattle from the plunder the best of what was set apart for destruction to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgate. Then the next verse after verse 21 Is where we find the famous teaching and also the focus scripture for our episode, verse 22, that says, Thus the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord. Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. And after this, Saul did try to ask for forgiveness. But at this point, it was too late. God was done with him. God had wiped his hands clean of him. And then Saul asked for forgiveness, but then God replied to him in verse 26, I will not return with you because you rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. So thank God, like I mentioned, that we serve a loving, graceful, and merciful God because he provided me with the opportunity to read this story and be convicted of it and turn away from my ways. He didn't give up on me. He didn't wipe his hand clean of me. And I am so thankful for that. I'm still able to get the promise that he has for me. I'm still able to get on this platform and teach his word every single week because he still qualifies me. And I've read the story of First Samuel 15 so many times, but when I read it that time and I felt that conviction, hmm Mm -mm -mm. It was so different and that goes back to God's word being the living word because his scripture is going to remain the same forever. But what they teach you can change over time based on the situation that you're in and where you are in life and what you need in that moment. This is why it's so important to read God's word. This is why it's so important to take heed to God's instructions. He's not just trying to punish you. He's trying to help you. He was like, hey, daughter, hey, daughter, I got this amazing man waiting for you. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. That's what he was doing for me. And he'll do the same thing for you. He may be doing that same thing for you through this episode. And you're listening right now and you just feel a tug at your heart. Just think back to what he's told you to let go. Think back to it. And right now is your opportunity to completely let it go. Because I know that I serve a God of abundance, a God of love, a God of kindness, a God of promises. So I know that if he's telling me to let go of something, that whatever is on the other side of that obedience, it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be worth so much more than what I thought the value of the situation he told me to let go of was. So sis, out there right now, that feel that tug at your heart, I wanna take a moment and pray for you. Because I want you to get rid of that thing, that person, that situation. I want you to let it go. So I'm gonna pray for you. Father God, I wanna thank you for your message. I want to thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you are always there consistently for us, Lord. I thank you that you convict us, that you hear us, and that you want the best for us. I pray, Lord, that through your daughter or through your son, that you help them let whatever it is that they're holding on to go. Pray that you give them the strength after they let it go to never return to it. Because that is a hard part, Lord. But I pray that they know with you, it's all worth it. You'll make it worth their while. I pray, Lord, that you lead and guide them in the way that they should go. And you show them that you are there consistently and constantly for them, Lord. I thank you for letting them get on this episode. Letting them hear this episode. And I pray that it has forever changed their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So now that I've provided the biblical background for the episode, I want to go ahead and bring on two ladies who have walked the walk in letting things go that they deemed valuable. Now, I've already shared with y'all my personal story of me letting go of things that I deemed valuable, but these ladies who are coming on here, ooh, the Do they have a testimony for you all? And it's all Holy Spirit because after I was convicted, God led me to this episode and then he also reminded me of their stories. And I just knew that their testimony was going to be so essential and so important to this episode. I reached out and he worked everything out for us. I'm so thankful and grateful to him for that. And I know their testimonies is going to like scream at you 10 times louder and give you the encouragement that you need to let things go because they were able to let things go that whew, would be very valuable to a lot of people and to them too, but they were obedient in what God said. So I'm so excited for y'all to hear their testimony and hear their story and be encouraged by it. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and welcome the Ladies of Tents and Tabernacle podcast, Ms. Vic and Wiggy. So welcome, ladies. How are y'all today? Doing good. good? (laughs) It is so good to see y'all. If y'all don't know, when Ashley was on the podcast, we interviewed them and it was such a great time. So many good nuggets. And we Mm -hmm. interviewed Vic by herself, too. So y'all definitely go and check those interviews out. But I am so happy to be talking to you ladies again.
1: Yes. Thanks happy for having us.
0: <laughs> no problem. So before we get deep into the episode and get into the high-low portion, can you tell my viewers a little bit about yourself? Doesn't have to be a lot. Just introduce yourselves. I'm Vic,
2: formerly Isher Grovic. Vic. Um. <laughs> Life, man. I am married to an amazing man. And um, I'm a teacher now, so that's fun. (laughs) I teach eighth grade technology, so they
1: always keep me, you know, they give me a run for my money. Nice. Um, I'm Wiggy. I am just a girl. Uh, (laughs) uh, The word with Wiggy on social media. I'm a mom. I'm in corporate America, but who cares about that? (laughs) And I don't know. I love the Lord like we all do. I like to talk about him in the Bible, in history and
0: all that it's so funny we have a lot in common because that's what I love to do I love to talk about the bible and I love history but thank you ladies for sharing a little bit about yourselves and so we're gonna go ahead and jump into the high and low portion y'all if y'all didn't watch the first episode my first solo episode I shouted these ladies out because they actually helped me with this idea so Mm -hmm. on their podcast they do a high for the week and a moment of prayer that they need for the week and I really love that from their podcast so I just borrowed from them and I incorporated it into my show so they are used to this portion of the episode (laughs) (laughs) so before we even get into y'all sharing I want to let my viewers know if y'all want to submit any high moments to the podcast you can do so by DMing us on our Instagram, Facebook or directly to our email address and if you do so you have the opportunity to be featured on the episode but today we have guests so I'm not gonna pull a viewer high and low we're just gonna let y'all share so who wants to go first with a high or low moment
1: I'll give I know for sure I have a, a low moment um last week so at work uh, we had a price increase like everybody else in the world prices are going up right mm-hmm. so my job is to inform my customers of that I missed I missed somebody. I missed him. I forgot. I thought, I think I mentioned in passing, but we never had like a, a real meeting about it. The price went up on like the 6th of September. He realized like last week on Thursday and he like literally went off on me. And then it's one of my really good customers too. So I was just like, okay, you know, I apologize. I took it, you know, and I was like, Ooh, that, that could be a high moment. Cause I was very mature in the, in that moment, but then not after. And, um, I was like, you know, I apologize. That's all me um don't worry about it like whatever I'm like whatever you've already bid out like whatever jobs you already got I honor the old price you know I'm like mm-hmm. easy easy peasy mm-hmm. no he started he, he was just like talk to my wife about it because they're in the business together and I'm like okay so I talked to her about it and she's cool but then like so I'm like sending her all the new price I'm like just doing everything with her because that's what he told me and then he, like, went off on me again through tags. It was kind of, like, kind of implied that I was acting stupid. So I was, like, really about to go off. I was, like, what is wrong? So, yeah, and I don't like that. And I was, like, mm-hmm. you know, he really trying to bring me. He's really trying to bring out, you know, the that old girl. That the old girl. Woman, That girl that we don't even <laughs> know anymore. He's bringing her out. And I'm, like, he really don't know me. Like, he doesn't know who I am and how petty I can be and how, like, he doesn't know. He he thinks he knows. He thinks that, like, I was just going off. I'm like, he think I'm scared. Like, he was like, I need to talk to your boss. Like, I was like, people have to calm me down. But they were like, it's probably just him, Christina. You know, oh, sorry. My name is Christina. <laughs> anyway, they were like, um it's probably just him. He's going through something. So, yeah, that was probably my try. I mean, not my try, my low. Sorry, on our show we call it <laughs> highs and tries. Um, my low. I would think that would be my low, and then like, probably just like after that, like I have just been like in a bad mood, like everybody's just, like, like you on my my nerve, like that nerve you're sit you're you're on it, that nerve that I don't you know, yeah. So a high moment probably that I did not go off, and I have my job, and my boss was on my yeah. side. So oh, that's the that's best part. A high. Yeah, my boss was on well, she's really not even my, my boss anymore because she kinda just transitioned, but she's still my boss until the new person comes in. So uh I guess that was the the high of the moment. But other than that, my life is boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. You did good. Um, you
0: did really good. I'm happy the boss is on I'm your sorry. side because a lot of the times it doesn't work
1: out that way. Yeah, yeah. She's very sweet. She's cool. Some people would have been like Oof, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was cool. It was cool, yeah. and I showed some fruits of the spirit, I think. I'm proud of mm-hmm. you. I am too. <laughs> Thank you. I oh was <laughs> like, what's wrong with him? I'm like, bro, you're not going to lose any money. Relax. Oh, ah. It's okay. Relax, please.
2: So last week was my birthday. Was oh, birthday. my God.
1: <laughs> Did you On forget?
2: Wednesday.
1: I definitely f- forgot because... <laughs> I was in my feelings about something else, but what? I definitely knew that because, okay, that's a low moment for me. Sorry. The look of sheer shock. <laughs> no, that was a look of shame because I definitely know when her birthday is. So I'm just like, it's okay. Okay.
0: Yep. It's okay.
1: It's okay. okay yes, it you? was
2: my birthday and my husband took me to see a musical, which I love musicals. Oh, well,
1: that's awesome. I used to love
2: musicals. I'm starting to like not be like too too like excited about him now I don't know I guess I'm just like transitioning but I loved mm. the musical he took me to it was Ain't Too Proud it's the musical about the temptations
1: Ooh. oh I bet that was good
2: yeah it was the bomb the singing was oh, no. ugh just chef's kiss it was great um, <laughs> oh
1: that's a nice so yeah
2: too. that was Wednesday and uh my low y'all we gotta pray for these kids mmm I, I guess it was the beginning of last week or after my birthday. I can't remember, but um, a kid was vaping weed in my class. In, in, the, not, class?
0: Not like in the class, in, my class. Yeah, like in the class.
2: Yeah, in my class. Did like he, class? he think you weren't it. gonna it know? Loud. I smelled it. It was loud. And then what? he did it in another class, and like the like he got caught because I couldn't tell who did
1: it. Did he not think it was gonna smell? Because I know some of those little contraptions. They don't so if it's, smell. if it's
2: just vapor or nicotine um one it doesn't smell sorry i didn't i don't mean to like you know give you tips or nothing but uh, yes <laughs> just, but no, i'm just asking i'm like where
1: was the, it, like what was he thinking what yeah was he thinking the nicotine like, one
2: like, or, like, or like just the vapor ones they don't smell unless there's like unless they're like menthol or like bubble gum or whatever right. they like have a scent like he had but good. the weed ones like pure thc oh, you can smell goodness. it what's wrong with
1: him he and you
2: teach eighth he's grade, 13. right? Yeah, he's 13. He took it from his brother who Where took it from their uncle. From? He stole it from his brother Somebody. who stole it from their uncle.
1: Oh okay. Because <laughs> I'm like,
2: I know people are not yeah. selling
1: the children this
2: stuff. Are they? Pray for these that That's y'all. like something and I work you in a be middle school
1: to get a hold of.
2: Yeah, there may or may not be a seventh grader that is selling.
1: Oh so what? Oh yeah. My God. Like you get expelled for something like that. They ain't stop playing. You would think anyway. No, you will. Um, you will. If they catch you, you will have to go to do y'all have one of those little um you know those uh, schools. Alternative schools. I know yeah, Because yeah. I'm a charter they will send you there if they don't send you to jail for some. I'm at a like charter. That. So now oh, so y'all don't oh, have ooh, you gotta just put them in the corner. Oh
2: Lord. no, they put them in public school, which is basically um uh, That's worse. Transitional or yeah, it's it's basically alternative school for these kids because they get eaten alive at public schools. Oh wow! Because they've been at a charter with like 180 mm-hmm. kids, and then one class, one class of eighth grade is like 600 kids at a public school. So, so yeah. what happened? Did
1: you have to write him up?
2: Well, I didn't. I didn't catch who it was. He did it again in oh, another class, yeah. and then they caught yeah, him.
1: That. Yeah. Wow. Wow, oh man, so, we yeah. have to pray for him it because it's too young, man. Your brain right? has not yeah. developed. yet. in the hallways
2: today. I smelt it like in the sixth grade building, so it's just not in the sixth
1: grade. That's uh, like what? That's like 11? 11, 11, yeah. 12, mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12? like 10, 11, really. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like it's like 10, a 10, 11. 11, like you turn 11.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. See, I really don't get this generation mm-hmm. because when I was in middle school, you know, stuff like that didn't exist. In and in the bed, it was like real hush hush. Like they were like the select
2: was- group of kids. Yeah, that, like, your mama told you not to play with. No, you, know Jimmy cannot <laughs> right. go into the house because he got some issues. Pray for him and keep on pushing. But yeah. now everyone is mm-hmm. Jimmy, and everyone's walking around with like rolled up pieces of paper, acting like they're smoking I can't. a cigarette.
1: <laughs> I can't. And these now these kids crazy.
2: are are just they're hiding
0: vape pens and pencils. That is crazy. And wow. then in my high school, if you if you did smoke, they didn't do it in class, they did it in the back. Yeah, it was yeah, the back of the it building. Was for literally. Yeah. And
1: you didn't knew just knew that they did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That yeah. is crazy. So I guess I'll say my high for this week. So in oh. September, I said that I was gonna work out every single day of the week, except Sundays. So I've been working out six days a week nice. since. September 1st, and so I'm going into my third week now, so I'm doing pretty good. It's nice. been some days where I, I got on that treadmill at 11 30, but I was on that before 12, so
1: <laughs> it counts. I don't care what the <laughs> what time totally you work out, just make sure you it wear your, your your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it counts. Just before know. you fall
2: asleep,
0: if you fall right. asleep at 2 a.m., then it's before you fell asleep. That's yeah, a danger. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of myself, you know, definitely days. been the help of the Lord, because some days I really didn't want to do it, but yeah. I got through. I so feel that. I'm proud of myself for that. Oh, another high. If y'all been keeping up with the podcast, my aunt, she did at the hospital. I said that in a previous episode, but mm-hmm. she went to the doctor today and her pulmonary doctor said her lungs are completely clear um, oh, from the pneumonia. God. So she is doing so, so good. I don't I don't think I have a low for this week. All right. So thank you, ladies, for sharing your high and low moments. It was such a great conversation. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the episode. So I already told them why I chose you two ladies. So they kind of have a sneak peek, but not the full story. But they know mm-hmm. that you two are definitely qualified to talk about this topic okay so okay. the first question is when you hear or see the word
1: obedience what do you think of i think of following rules i think of um doing things that you really don't want to do but you know that you should like when i do stuff that i know i'm supposed to do but i want to do it i don't always think about it as obedience you think about your obedience where you're like i really do not I would like not to do this, actually. Right, but you do it anyway. So that's what I think about, and then trust goes into that because you're like, well, I'm trusting because I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. I don't want to do it at all. Yeah,
2: yes. yeah. It's only obedience if if it takes submission.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if not, yeah. It's just what I want to do. Yeah, right. it's just life. Like you know, it's like <laughs> almost like being obedient to your parents too. It's like yeah. Your parents told you to take out the trash. You don't want to take out the trash. But you do it because your mom said to. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. That would mean that the key to obeying God is to always
0: be like, have your heart the same as his heart. Because then it'll always be something you want to do. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm reading in Proverbs somewhere. So I can't tell y'all where I read it. But I read something in my study Bible where it said that if we look at the things that we have to do or we get to do as... Not doing it because you were told to do it, but doing it out of, I love God, so I'm going to do it. It makes obedience a little bit easier. And I can definitely agree with that because a lot of the obedience that I do when it comes to God is basically, okay, I just want to show you how much I love you because I know that what you have for me to do is best. Like you're looking out for me. Kind of like what your parents, if they mm-hmm. don't want you to go somewhere, they're not just saying, no, I don't want you to go to the party just to not let you have fun. They're trying to protect you for something. Most of the time, I'll say yeah. Then that's the same that God is doing it. So if we look at it as he's doing this out of love instead of out of instructions, because, you know, some people have an instruction complex that gave me a different look at obedience, looking at it from that point of view. But But I love that what you said with obedience, it requires submission, which is so true. If you really think about it, because most of the time when you're being obedient, it's not something that always comes super
1: easy. I should say. Yeah. (laughs) When You're not obedient. I mean, we know what happens. It's just (laughs) havoc, (laughs) you know, complete havoc. You just be messing up your own life. And you know you're messing it up because you feel
2: like trash the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go over here sitting in the well just sitting in the sludge. <laughs> I wanted to go somewhere else.
1: Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Oh my God. What's so funny about that story is that like he still had an attitude honestly after yes. he got out of the well. <laughs>
0: yes. As we yes. all
2: do. I I do had an attitude.
0: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> like, fine, God, whatever. Get me out this way. I'll do it. I'm not going (laughs) to like it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, but he's real. Yeah, it is is real. And then he got to change his character because then he got rebuked and corrected.
0: And when you said that, like, I thought about the story I shared with the viewers in the biblical background portion of the episode. When he convicted me, it was kind of like, you're right, I don't need to talk to this person. But you kind of, you have that, especially if you like that person, it's kind of like you kind of still have that, you made me stop talking to that person, but mm-hmm. what I talked about in the biblical background is like I have to tell myself, "Oh, he told me to stop talking to him for a reason because he has something better for me." And I yeah. think that goes back to the whole mm-hmm. love situation. Like he's he's telling me not to talk to him out of love because he has somebody better for me, yeah. and it kind of eased my, I guess I'll say, attitude because I'm like, okay, this is this is gonna be worth it. Just continue to be obedient. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's all about the trust factor Mm -hmm. yes oh that's i love that trust trust trusting god makes obedience easier Mm -hmm. that's so that that's what i think because you have to remind yourself who god is what he said he never let you down like you have to give yourself that pep talk like okay now all the time god ain't (laughs) never made you look crazy so get your life together
0: So with the conversation talking about letting something that, you know, I deemed valuable go that God is like, nope, it's worthless. Vic, can you share with my listeners your testimony of obeying God and renouncing your sorority? Is it renouncing or denouncing?
2: So I renounced because (laughs) I didn't publicly, (laughs) I guess until this moment, say that it was bad. So that's the difference. So renouncing is just separating and then denouncing is like publicly declaring, That you're like anti that thing Okay, teach us So yeah (laughs) I had to look it up too Because I thought it was interchangeable And it's not So this was a semi-long process Because your girl is stubborn and hard-headed But It started when I started seeing The videos on YouTube About other people renouncing their sorority And also denouncing the sorority Um, And I was like I'm not going to watch this (laughs) what you mean i'm not gonna watch this like it would show up on my feed and i was like no absolutely not um because they're whatever god hasn't convicted me of it so i'm not gonna watch it knowing good Mm -hmm. and well that me seeing this thumbnail is conviction enough but i was like no i'm not gonna watch i'm not gonna watch it that went on for like a solid year and i'd seen all these different people talking about it even kind of dabbled in like listened to a few of them maybe watched a little bit of this one, a little bit of that one, but I never saw any about the sorority that I was in. So I was like, okay, cool. Like all the rest of them are like, you know, <laughs> got issues. And and then and mine, and my former one didn't. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. There's nobody really saying anything about my former sorority. So I should be okay. So then um, as my platform started to grow and people were asking me like, um, hey, like you're in a sorority. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like, um, I was a part of the the divine nine. And so I was like, you know, we have to show our, our young black girls that they can, you know, be something in education and like be a good role model to them and do community service, do all, all the all the things they teach you to say, right? Mm-hmm. And I believed it. I was like, okay, cool. Like as a black woman, like I want young black girls to see black excellence, right? And so in my brain, I was like, well, this is a Christian based or a faith based organization. So like, I should be okay. Again, I still haven't seen anything about the sorority that I was in. So mine must be okay. So a lot of my, um, a lot of my intake process had kind of been blocked out mentally. Um, And so I didn't really recognize a lot of the, a lot of the things that as a Christian, I would have actually had an issue with if I would have like taken time to think about them. And previously, I had gone to a deliverance conference. And this is important because yeah, it really, like I was kind of playing with it. And then the deliverance conference happened, I got free of a lot of other things. And so other stuff that I was bound by started showing up, like I was being able to see what I was tied to and shouldn't be tied to. And I already had a conviction in my spirit that I needed to renounce, but I just decided to, you know, kind of step away. Like I wasn't active anymore. I wasn't paying dues. I wasn't part of a chapter, but I just had letters. Like I was like, let me, I'll just back up. And, you know, it was the time of my life. I just won't, I won't do all the things. I had just posted a reel with my line jacket on and one of my followers reached out to me one day and she said, this is a paraphrase because I don't remember all of it, but the gist of it was like, I'm not trying to be rude or or mean, but do you really know what your sorority is based in? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's black excellent and it's faith-based and like all the things. And she's like, pretty much asked me questions about like, how did your intake, like, do you know that it's biblical? Like, do you know that what you pledged yourself to is God? Like, is that what you pledge yourself to in your sorority? And I couldn't remember what our pledge was. And so like the oath that we said at initiation, I couldn't remember what I said. And I had just coming from this deliverance conference, I realized, or at least I was taught that, um, yes, our words have power, but like, there are certain forces that Like the kingdom of darkness is still a kingdom. There are things that we may not give time to. Like we may not say out loud that these things are taking place or that these um, principalities and powers are there, but they are. And so whenever we are tying ourselves to something or like binding ourselves to something in an oath, we need to know what is attached and if it is attached to God or not. It's not just like there's no neutral. It's either God or Satan. There's no middle. There's no gray. It's either it's black or white. And so after she asked me that, and I was like, you know, like she just her whole point, her whole reason for contacting me was to make sure that my witness wasn't dampered because someone knew that I was in a sorority. And so I was like, I never thought about I thought this had to do with me. So I just I was good just knowing that I wasn't um connected to a chapter and after I realized that my decisions were now affecting other people and affecting possibly my ministry, I was like, okay, I might need to actually look at this. And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit prompted her to ask me because she was like, I I don't really reach out to people like this. Like, I just, I really felt strongly to, to tell you this. And this is a journey that I've been on for so long that I thought I was good. And when she brought that up to me, I was like, okay, well, like, let me go home and just start tearing my stuff up. That day I I went home mm-hmm. and I cut up my line jacket. I cut up all of my Perry, like I cut up everything. And then I got my bylaws book and I was looking at the oath and it literally says that to the, the sorority, I pledge my life, my best efforts, my hope, a whole bunch of other stuff that should, should solely be pledged to God. And at that moment, I was like, no, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't out of the same mouth say that I love God and pledge my life to God and also pledge my life to an organization that is clearly separate from God because it's saying that I need to give my life to an organization. And even the church doesn't say that. So if If that's not lining up with my Bible, then I can't out of the same mouth say that I love God and love this organization in the equal weight that should never be the same like that's idolatry one they'll never be equal one will always be higher than the other. And so, at that moment is when I decided I need to completely renounce. And that took some time in the sense of like sending the letter off and getting it back and making sure they got it and having the exit interview and all of the things. But it was the moment when I actually posted it on social media, not to like, I wasn't trying to start a frenzy. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was trying to let everybody know in the least amount of time possible Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I'm no longer a part of this organization that I would post about all the time. And I got some backlash for it, ended up on Greek shenanigans, Um, had a few people talking about me. And that was a moment when I was like, okay, I obeyed you, God. Like, (laughs) why is my life falling apart? It wasn't. But it felt like it because mm-hmm. in the echo chamber of everybody and their feelings, it can get kind of rough on the aftermath of being obedient. And I knew that this was what God wanted me to do because I could I could no longer deny that I needed to do it. Like I could I I could no longer deny the necessity of this obedience because I knew too much at this point. I couldn't yeah. plead ignorance anymore. I couldn't say, Oh, it's not the sorority I was in. Like, it's right there in my face. I have to choose, choose ye this day whom you will serve. <laughs> that's the yeah. that, that's what I had to do. And me saying that, okay, I'm gonna choose God over my sorority. Like it was easy in the moment because I had people around me that were like, behind me in, it, in all of it. But it was definitely hard afterward when I started to see a lot of the, for lack of a better term, like, and I'm, I mean, actually, I'm just going to call it what it is. A lot of the the demons reeling their, you know, their ugly heads saying, not the people. I want to make that very clear. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I want to make that very clear so that nobody gets confused. The people are, we're just, bound, just as bound as me. Um, but the enemy rising up and, saying all these things about me and the way that it was coming out it was like okay yeah I did the right thing because this kind of persecution is
0: not to be taken lightly you know yeah when you said it can get rough in the aftermath of obedience that is so true (laughs) yeah but to know and have reassurance that God still told me to do it so whatever this looks like right now it's not the end path that's so good Mm-hmm. And so in that time, how did you keep like, keep being obedient and being like, okay, this is what God told me to do. That you like stand your word? which you consistent with prayer? Like what got you through that moment? So honestly, the
2: permanence of denouncing, like you can't go back after you do that. So the exit interview, I had the choice to fully renounce or to become a member at large, which is basically just like, one that doesn't really pay dues, but is just kind of like in the organization still. Yeah. Um, and when she asked me, I was like, "Ugh, no, I don't want that. Like, no, run it. Like, finish this this conversation." um and that was only the holy spirit because when i tell you i was terrified of this (laughs) of this interview i didn't know what she was going to say to me i didn't know what kind of conversation we were about to have it wasn't long it was just like are you sure you want to do this do you know that it is permanent you cannot join any other organization i'm like please i don't want to like once you're free please no thank you I'm good that part made it easier because it's not something that I could go back to so it's not like a relationship I could like text again or like a, a job I could be like actually I'm not gonna quit like I couldn't really do that but being able to continue to share it with confidence um when people would ask me or refer to me as a part of that sorority and I would say oh no I've renounced that took a certain level of courage because now I'm right in front of you it's not online where I could just put it up there and you can have your feelings I'm right in front of you you can look at me you're gonna look at me whatever way you're gonna say whatever you want because I can't filter whatever you're about to say um and that getting over that fear was took a while but it was just like you know no god told me to do this and i choose him so i'm going to be just as bold that's the whole point of me posting it online was that Mm -hmm. like i'm going to be just as bold about god and me being out of this organization than i was when i crossed to be in this organization um because if oh goodness this this one verse is what convicted me the whole time um is that if you deny me before men, I'll deny you for, uh, before my father. Mm. And that was like, all right, Lord, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I give up, I surrender because if you deny me in front of the father, that's it. Like,
0: Right. There's no that's going back. It.
2: There's no going back. I'm going to just be burning forever. <laughs> like, that's it. So uh, if my salvation is involved, I'm good i don't need to stroll i don't need the three four colors i don't need the the sound i don't need the hand gesture i don't need any of it i don't Mm because i I don't even need the i don't need my former line sisters i don't need the organization to make me whole or to make me happy so Mm. if that's the difference my salvation i'm gonna take my salvation any day
1: for sure
0: Ain't nothing worth it. And I guess for other people, I think what you just said lastly would be really good for them. If you're a part of that organization, are you using it to make you whole happy? Because if you are, your happiness and your wholeness should be found in God. So mm-hmm. maybe this is your conviction sign to look into it and figure something out. Yep, that's good. So Wiggy, moving on to you. Can you share with my listeners your testimony of letting go of your relationship because i talked about just letting go of somebody i was talking to so i can't imagine letting go of a relationship and y'all have a kid together right
1: yes okay like backstory me and my child's father we got together before i got saved i was quote unquote a christian but i was very you know very much in the world just doing my my thug dizzle so um, we got together like 2016, 17. Um, I had my son in 2018. So after, I feel like after you have a child, you start kind of shifting anyway, just things start changing your mind. So then like 2020, I got to say like for real, like radical and we had started, we were already having issues, right? We were already mm-hmm. having some issues, So we would fight. We'd get back together. Not even get, we wouldn't even break up. We would just fight and it was like a cycle we fight not talk for maybe like a week even though we live together in the same house then we be cool again it'll be fine dandy then something happened again it's like a cycle 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 and then for some reason I was always like just willing to just be with him or I just wanted I just wanted him so bad I don't know why but I just like wanted maybe because of the baby too. Maybe I wouldn't have been so attached if we didn't have a, a a son together. But I think I just was really clinging to my family. I feel like now when I look back on it, it, is like I was like just begging, not begging, but I would I, I would be like, let's try again, let's do it, let's let's try, let's try. I'm always trying to try, and yeah. it, and I felt like it was a lot of my effort. So then he would just go along with it. Or maybe he wasn't ready to let go of it or not. I don't know. But we were going through the cycle. And then November 2021, we, we really going through it at this point. Like It's like disrespect. He's like not coming home. He's not really even acting like he's in a relationship anymore. So oh. I'm just like, I'm totally done. But throughout this year of 2021, so this is in November 2021, where we decided we were going to break up and I had the obedience situation. I was praying about it. So it was like, I was being really obedient when I ended the relationship, but it was like, I got confirmation from the Lord. So it wasn't like, I just stepped out and I didn't know what was going on. I <laughs> knew what was happening. So I was praying about the situation. Cause I'm thinking we were together before I even got saved. So I'm like, he could get saved too. You know, it's possible. Like anything can happen. I'm just like trying to be like those wives in the Bible who got saved with their husband, I saved yet. It's like, you just got to do your thing you just gotta show him jesus you just gotta you know blah blah. yeah so i'm thinking like lord if he's gonna be my husband you need to let me know so i can just fight the good fight and just like just let me know but if he not i need you to let me know too so i'm not just like wasting my time and i'm not putting my hope in things and you know like i'm in my 30s i don't need to waste no time like you got a husband for me. Let me know who he is. Show him. Show him before I'm 40. Please, Lord. Anyway, so one day I was just like, I was so down and like probably looked like actually depressed. And he could tell. So one day I think we're in the office, in this very office actually here. And he just said out of the blue, he just said, you think we should co-parent? We could just be co-parents? And for some reason, in my mind, I knew that was, I knew that that was my answer right there. Cause I had been praying for this answer. Yeah, It wasn't like I prayed the prayer one time for the answer and he gave it to me. I've been praying this prayer for months, like months on end. So when he said that, I was like, yep, there it goes. That's it. That's it right there. Yep. And I said, yeah. And I didn't fight it. I didn't try to, well, let's see, let's try. Let's, mm-mm. it was done. And it could have been that the obedience was so easy because I knew it was God. And I had been already trusting him for an answer. So it's like when I know things are God, I just know I can't have an explanation. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you know my son's father, you would know he would have never just said that out of, out of nowhere because he's the type he really string me along forever because it's not like we're not friends. We're real cool. We know each other since we were children, teenagers. So he's comfortable with me there. He likes me being there. He just want to do his own thing. So him saying that was like, oh, the Lord speaking to this man, he don't even know. He don't even know what's happening right now. And mm-hmm. it just felt so right, complete, done. And I was like, "This, this is it. So that was the story of my obedience and that. But I think it was so much easier for me because I had been putting my trust in God about it the whole time. Because the other times when we were in that cycle, I wasn't praying about it. Mm-hmm. i really get in the habit of more praying for my like romantic life in general but i wasn't praying about it but, but when i became a christian i started praying about it because i was like only he can fix this situation it's not even about me just me it's about him too and it's about our son so it's like mm-hmm. we're not gonna be together okay now god gotta show me how that what that looked like because i think i'm trying to maneuver and make things the way they're supposed to be and I'm like I really don't know what I'm doing so the obedience would not have even been able to come in fruition without prayer and me like I said in the beginning I really trusted that that was God it really confirmed what was already going on in my spirit and I really felt like he was saying you ain't gotta worry about what you worried about you ain't gotta worry about being a single mom you ain't gotta worry about is another man gonna want you you, this know. Stuff. you know <laughs> So the mm-hmm. things that you worry about when you're a single mom, somebody going to want you if they're sent by God, they're going to be the right one. So I just got out of my own way and I accepted what it was. And I felt like God was like, I've been telling you, girl, but I, I clearly I had to stay it out of this man's mouth. So, <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's where it is. And, I mean, it's still difficult, though, because it's like, see, see, like, like Vic said with hers, she can't go back. His yeah, old. i still gotta see him my child only four mm, you got a long way yeah i got my yeah. whole life
0: yeah. i loved how god spoke through him to confirm his word because like yeah. he really knows what we need your story made me think about i went on a fast at the time i was in a relationship and i was like yeah i'm gonna fast for my relationship and everybody was looking at me crazy but i was like um something's not right. And everybody's like, so you're going to go 20, 21 days without talking to him. I was like, yeah, I don't see the problem. <laughs> you know, I, I was the only one who didn't see the issue. Mm-hmm. But like that right there should have let me know, like, yeah, God is pretty much saying, no, that's not for you. And through that fast, that's what I got. And even when, at the end of the fast, when I made up in my mind, yeah, I'm not going to, we're done. Um, Even then, God had to like I feel like go ahead and nudge me out the way because um, with that process, like when I did like reach out to him, he was like done and like he wouldn't answer the phone. He broke over me through text message, kind of like confirming the word through him. Like, is this how you want somebody to treat you? Right. So, exactly. I love how God sometimes will confirm his word and go ahead and, and like push you Away from certain mm. things, yeah, yeah, because
1: he knows it. I've
0: done the
2: past from relationships. I've done it twice. <laughs> one ended in a breakup, and one ended in my marriage.
1: So, mm. See so yeah. when in doubt, do the fast. But yeah, and he knows us <laughs> better than you. we know ourselves. He knows us better than we know ourselves, right? It's like he know you're not gonna leave him. Just because, because I already seen you stay a million times. He is gonna have, to, like, he's gonna have to do something or say something out of his mouth. Or even in big situation, that girl had to message her and be like, "Look, man, mm-hmm,
0: what's up?" She was but running it, away from conviction. He yeah, chased her and, down. And
1: you just be knowing when it's God. Like, it's just like that. I don't know. Is that discernment? Like, you
2: just know. I know everyone's gonna be different. Whenever I know that God has said something, and I and I'm trying to go the opposite way like it's like this extreme heaviness in my heart and not like heaviness mm-hmm. like sad it's like something sitting yeah. on me and yeah. i'm most of the time shaking mm-hmm. i can't think about anything else yeah. and it, it's just it like anxiety yes it mm-hmm. looks a lot like anxiety mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. and i know yeah. the difference even in all of those feelings there's still peace so you really have to identify that, and it's not just like an anxiety attack, but you're just like, yeah. uh. <laughs>
0: like okay, 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 okay. Like I like that's a good yeah. example. For yeah. me, it's like you know how it looks outside, like before after rains, how it's just like extremely gray outside, mm. and you have like that little mist. Like that's how the day feels for me. Oh, until like. I just walk in what he told me to do. That's how it feels. So imagine that that could be so horrible, but that's how it it looks for me and feels for me. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the fourth question. So can you guys talk about a time when you were disobedient and what were the results of the disobedience? I know it's probably a lot because I have a lot. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't even know.
1: I mean, I gotta think. I got a big one off the top of my
2: head. This is like my go to disobedience story. All right, let's hear it. So, I was hired at a well known church back in my early 20s as a digital media person. And at the time, I was like, Should I do it, Lord? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And then I ended up I I did my version of casting lots, which anyway, not the point. But um like I was like Gideon, where it was like, all right, bet, like I'll do it if when I wake up, there's like it's wet on this side and dry on that side, or like Mm -hmm. if the fleece is like dry now and then the ground is wet, like I would do it. That kind of thing. So I was like, all right, Lord, like if all of my classes, if I can get all of my classes to move to like at nighttime or online and still be able to graduate at the same time then I would work full-time because it was a full-time position Mm -hmm. and watch what you say out loud to God (laughs) because the enemy can make things do what it do Mm. and at this point in my life I know for a fact that that's what happened, because I don't necessarily have anything positive out of this experience, but trauma. And so (laughs) I know I was not supposed to be doing this. It led me down a long road of sadness and sin. Mm -hmm. Um, But starting at this church, um, I was feeling extremely insecure on a regular basis. Like, I had just gotten out of the relationship with the guy that I fasted for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy that I dated, like, when I was in seventh grade, like, We were supposed to spend our lives together Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out with him. And then like another guy that I started to talk to, it didn't work out with him. And so it was just this constant thing of like, I want to be married and no one seems to want me. So I was extremely insecure. And when I got there, there was a young man who worked in my department that I was attracted to. Like he was literally my type. Like if I could write down the list of what my type was at the time, it'd be him.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and like he was a creative he was taller than me he was not like super skinny like he was kind of you know fluffy or whatever like he was dark skin all that right so grateful that I have that as a husband now anyway not the point but at the time I was like bet like him that's it And I, one, was never supposed to have this job. Two, was never supposed to talk to him. And I know that for a fact because the guy was like, stop talking to him. And I was like, no, because you're not giving me a husband and I'm mad. So yeah, don't be like me. (laughs) Don't be like me. So um, I know, like, I knew what I was doing. I had a moment where he and I, like, he basically told me, like, I don't want a relationship. Like, we can be friends with benefits, but like, I don't, I don't want a relationship right now. And I was like, well, that's what I want is a relationship. So if we're going to do a friends with benefits, like then we can just be friends, like not even, you know, like we can just be coworkers at this point. So I had a mind to do the right thing. And then I went to a women's conference was like good in my answer. And then he said something and I can't remember what it was. All I know is that it shifted everything in my brain. Like it was one of the most like manipulative Phrases I've ever heard, and I can't even remember what it was by the grace of God. And it got me to the point where I was like, Well, maybe. And so, this is my co worker again, and we are working for a church. This isn't out in the world somewhere. Like, this these are two supposedly Christian people
0: mm-hmm.
2: working for a ministry. And we start doing this whole friends with benefits thing. Lost my virginity to him. I was 22 and that I didn't have like after that it was just like well now what like I knew I should have never taken this job I knew I should have never talked to this guy I knew I should have never slept with him I knew I shouldn't and just this constant like disobedience after disobedience after disobedience and the only person I could blame was me and so at this point I'm sitting here like, all right, Lord, like I need you to fix it. I need me to not be pregnant because at this time I was like in the middle of a pregnancy scare. I needed me to not be pregnant. I needed me to not have an STD and I'm just like laying on the ground, literally crying out to God like fix it. I'm sorry. Just fix it. Like I don't want this anymore. Like I'm sorry. Like I'm mad at you but like I need you to fix this now because I only know, like I know that you're the only person who can like the only one who can God like just fix it. And his grace and his mercy came through for me in that moment. And I wasn't pregnant and I didn't have an STD. And I kind of backed off from talking to the guy and sleeping with the guy. And then it got to the point where God was like, you need to leave this job. And I was like, no, because this job is paying me good money. I am working in the field that I'm getting a degree in. Like, I'm starting to get, you know, a higher rank, like in the company, like people are respecting me, all these things. I had status. The ministry was like a well-known ministry. So I like was touching elbows and shoulders with celebrities all the time. This was the life I thought I wanted. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to leave. Like, I'm just going to, you know, just stick it out. And I always tell people like, if you don't leave when God tells you to leave, it's like spoiled milk. Like if it has an expiration date and you stay after that, anything after that expiration date is going to suck. And so that's exactly what happened. Instead of me leaving voluntarily and like setting up stuff to have a job after that. And like all of that kind of stuff. um, I got fired for like seemingly out of the blue. I had never gotten a write-up. I had never gotten anything. I got fired like blue faced fired. And Um, This was a ministry that I'd also gone to church at. Like I grew up at the church, lost all of my contacts, like all of my friends, all of the family that I thought I built at the church, gone. The guy that I was talking to and was sleeping with uh, yet again, before I got fired, he stopped talking to me. Um, I didn't have any of my coworker friends. They stopped talking to me. Like pretty much everyone just kind of like, shut me out. That could have definitely been avoided. Like that level of trauma and church hurt that happened after that, like Nothing in that season of my life was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, all things work for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And I fit that t- those two criteria, but that should have never happened. God's yeah. grace yeah. is what makes it turn out for my good. And mm-hmm. so now I'm able to see certain, certain levels of error in the way that I used to think. Like, I'm able to identify, like, oh, that should not have happened. That's not how you operate in a church. That's not. So I saw what not to do, but I could have definitely been taught that from the word of God and not by experience. I can literally say, like, this year that I'm finally, like, healed completely from that season of my life. And it was only a year. I was only hired, like, I was only employed there for nine months. Like, I got fired three months before my year, like, anniversary of working there wow wow so yeah obey god people the holy spirit be nudging you 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 know you know know. and you will actively disobey you know listen to god it's better for you
0: i'm so glad you shared that story because that will definitely make me take heed to leaving when god says leave because, mm-hmm. like you said, you didn't have to go through all that, and he still would have accomplished what he wanted yeah. you to go through. So, yeah. yep. And I would have been able
2: to
1: have saved myself from my husband. Yeah.
0: So, oh yeah, yeah. That's
1: so true. Mm. Obey well, God, I, people. I've been disobedient more times than than I can count. I can't even give you a, a specific example like the one Vic just gave. Um, I know. I'm about to say I could uh, give a small example, kind of to a portion of Vic's story. Of uh sleeping with somebody I knew I shouldn't have been sleeping with. And just being like knowing I was doing wrong, but just being like, I don't know. I don't know what the what what makes you go for with it anyway. Maybe because you're just like, Well, I've done it before. You'll talk yourself into it. You'll be like, yeah. My sins are already covered, you know, some nonsense like that. But <laughs> uh, but I was not as fortunate. Stuff this is how you you should be obedient because you start doing stuff, you start wilding out, and you could catch something. And then now you looking crazy. That's probably like a little small example that I can think of off the top of my head, like times where I was just not living my life right. And then mm-hmm. just stuff happened. Just like when well, you know better, that's yeah. when the disobedience comes in. Cause it's like mm-hmm. you know better, but for some reason it has happened like after some type of spiritual attack or something where I'm I'm down. So I start like having these doubts in my mind about who I am in Christ and you know, just, just little stuff, and then you just start going down this spiral of doing stuff and the whole time you know you ain't supposed to be doing it. And yep. then something happened where God knock you knock just knock you on your face. Either you go you know you catch something or you get hurt or so you know something bad happens and then you yep. say you know see that's what I get from mm-hmm. my disobedience because what else is gonna happen from disobedience? It's gonna be some some crazy stuff. It's gonna be some hurt, some pain, some stuff you didn't have to go through, as Vic said, because all of it could have been avoided. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, yeah, I'm about to say I, I probably got too many stories that are not a- appropriate for this type of <laughs> podcast. Girl, but, me too. That was just a longer season of disobedience. Yeah. Luckily for me, I I don't have to learn a hard lesson twice. I, I'm good on it. Like once I learned that that specific lesson, I'm cool. I don't got to do it again. When you said like you don't know like why we proceed to
0: do something when we know it's not in obedience, like that made me think back to when a time when I was disobedient, and I think I would just have to say, well. I think in that moment, I was just like, well, I'm tired of doing the right thing. Yeah, I um, think that's what it is. You get yeah. a little tired yeah. of like, ugh, like... And I wasn't even going through like a bad season in my life. I was just like, I'm tired of telling myself not to do this. Mm-hmm. And it went back to the guy who I fasted about. Like After he broke up with me and text, here I am, go back to New Orleans, hook up back with him. And the whole time, I'm just like, I know I'm not supposed to be here. And kind of like you said, like whatever he told you not to do is going to happen for a reason. And I didn't have to go through it like a couple months later. I had like a huge panic attack because I thought I was exposed to COVID. Like this is when COVID first happened. I didn't have to go through that if I wouldn't have met up with him. And then also like during the second breakup thing, like he made my like confidence and my self value like plummet. And all yeah. of that didn't have to happen if I would have just chose not to even let him know I was in New Orleans. But, you know, yeah, I'm tired yeah. of doing
1: the right thing. So I'm just going yeah, to. No, I feel that. I think it's sometimes, <laughs> especially if it comes to like men and like if, if we're talking about like disobedience on that type of level. I was actually recently I was about to text somebody and I know I shouldn't be texting them because they're just like, I should not be texting them. And I didn't, but after I didn't, I was like, why do you even want to text him? And it was like, it's just based out of like, probably loneliness or boredom. Mm-hmm. It's like, or just like habit, like I'm used to talking to them. Ooh, but happened. like, no, like, it. but it's like, I think if you take that extra step to think about why do I actually want to do this? You'll stop. But Mm -hmm. when you really want me to be there, you don't think. You just be like, I'm pushing the thought out of my head because I actually want to be disobedient and I want to do what Mm -hmm. I want for once in my life.
2: It's really just rebellion. Yeah, like it's the spirit of rebellion, and it's hard. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's very strong, and it's not Mm -hmm. like I just want to do what I want to do. No, it's like I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah and like because if it was just oh i just want to do what i want to do then eventually god will talk you into doing what he wants you to do and it be what you want to do like yeah but it's it's always when we whenever we decide to disobey
1: it's yeah.
2: that strong spirit of rebellion that mm-hmm. is saying like i do not want to do what god tells me
1: what god yeah me to do. yeah i am yeah. going
2: to do what i want to do And yeah moment.
1: it's like selfish too because it's like all yeah. about you in this moment you forget about who's like where you're focused and where right. you, yeah. you put your focus back on yourself and yeah. what i want to do and my needs my needs my needs my wants my wants my wants and you i mean you can go down i mean you mm-hmm. can get bad once you it's yeah it's about selfishness and
0: rebellion for mm-hmm. sure yeah yep. and the whole time yeah. he's like tugging on you like tug of war trying to pull you back and you're like yeah. nope ugh, i'm
1: going for it yeah it's crazy but it's, it's so true
0: and with that, that brings me to my last question. We've given a lot of these throughout the episode, but can you share just one tip with my listeners on obeying God and letting go when he tells you? What is one tip you can help them out in their journey of letting go and obeying?
1: My tip is probably going to be pray a lot. And sometimes it make it hard. Cause I know like my prayer life has been a little off lately. It's not it's been as fervent, as it has been, but like in my story, when I knew what to do because I knew it was God, I would not have known that it was God if I had not been praying about it. In my yeah. opinion, I wouldn't have known that that was the answer. I wouldn't have, like know for sure like that was God. So I would say like be praying, be in prayer just all the time, just about everything in life, just about what's going on, anything you're struggling with, because when you hear His voice, you'll act because you'll know. Oh, that's Him. Like. Mm-hmm. i don't even have to worry about it i don't have to think i don't have to waver i know what god said you don't have to be like was it god oh, i don't know was it god or was it me was it the devil no you'll mm-hmm. know if you've been praying a lot if you're in your word a lot you'll know what god sound like so that would be my main tip is staying in prayer staying in close connection with god staying in your word so you know what he sound like what he would and wouldn't say that's good pray without ceasing Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know it can get hard. It can get a little, but you got to do it. You got to press through. You got. You have to. You have to. If you're gonna, if you gotta cry while you're praying, just do it. You just do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you got to get alone. You don't like praying around front of other people. Go in your car. Go somewhere. I mean, he said that anyway. Go in your little closet. I mean, mm-hmm. they had cars back then, so go in your car. Go take a drive. Go to the park. Go wherever you gotta go, where you feel comfortable, where you can just shout, cry, pray. I usually and pray then on the when way you're done crying. Keep praying. Yeah, keep it, keep it going. You just want to <laughs> like, you want to have that close connection. And how will you know what to do if you don't talk to him? How how can you even be obedient to God if you're not in like a close communion with Him? Like, mm-hmm. you don't trust Him if you don't talk to Him like that, Mm-mm. right? You don't, you don't trust Him me. if you're not praying. If you're not, why would you? Why would you be obedient to somebody you don't talk to? That's that's bonkers. That is even like, that's logically not a thing.
2: So I guess I would say when God is trying to release something to you, you have to come with your hands open. So don't be so closed fist on the things that you have now, because there was once a moment where you didn't have those things and you had to receive those things from God. So if you're closed fist on anything that God has already given you, you're not going to be available for him to give you anything else. That's why you have to let go of things Mm -hmm. in that season. Everything has a season and it'll be made beautiful in its season. Once it is no longer beautiful, move on. It's not anything personal. Like it's really just what God has told you to do. And if you leave it, at that like you don't even have to fully understand it at the time do it and he'll give you understanding along the way you don't have to understand everything Mm -mm. but open your hands because whatever falls out he's gonna replace
0: yeah Mm. that's good yeah whatever falls out he's gonna replace and i think i want to add so too Wiggy, to what you said what i do because the enemy will like start to make you feel like you're crazy like did god really say that what I do is I will turn my phone on and I will record exactly what God told me in that moment. And then when I'm having some tough times, I'll go back and look at it. Like it's so many videos in my phone of me talking to myself driving because Mm. in that moment, that's when, you know, I'm talking to God and he's talking to me and I can't negate what's the truth in that video. Especially when the enemy is like, God didn't really tell you to do that. You go look at the video like, no, yes, he did. This was, this was so heavy on me at that moment. So yeah, that's what I do. If anybody out there, they probably can help somebody. Well, I thank y'all so much. This conversation has been amazing, like I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys want to share a shameless plug of some things that you have going
1: on? <laughs> I have nothing. That's so funny. Well, uh, I about to say, Vic probably has nothing because she's like, uh, she's banned social media from her life. So you can still find us at, what is our Instagram name? I think it's <laughs> Tents, and Tents and Tabernacles Pod. Pod. Yeah, yes. Tents and Tabernacles Pod. But there's nothing new on there yet. The Tents and Tabernacles Podcast is on a break until we don't know when, until um, the Lord stirs something in Vic's heart and she calls me and says, um, Hashtag I, obedient. W- I would like to speak on, on this on the mic. But... She has not yet, so it's it's on a it's on a break. But there are still at least like forty episodes for you to peruse. I looked at the other day; there's like over a thousand plays on the playlist now. It's like, look at that! People are still playing, people are still listening. Um, (laughs) Our last episode is actually like one of the most listened to. I'm like, okay, people are people weren't looking for us to come back. I got a few messages, and I was like, oh. I'm so society but as far <laughs> as my shameless plug you can follow me on instagram and tiktok at the word with wiggy spelled just the way it sounds and then uh youtube is gonna be back up my youtube is wiggy tv i'm gonna start mm-hmm. going live again so if you are by chance somebody who was um following our podcast that you were following along with the Bible in chronological order, and you're like, wait a second, what happened? I was following along. I will start again. It's okay. We're gonna ki- we're gonna pick up an Esther because I already have notes and we'll probably reread Esther just word for word, line by line on YouTube and TikTok live. So be on the lookout for that. Follow me so you get the updates. It's coming. I was on a period of rest, but it's coming. It'll be like all your other podcasts, but it'll be with the Christian flavor. And I'm it will be called The listen. Word of with as well, the podcast, because I can't think of anything else. And that's what it is. It's
0: a catchy name. Stick it with us. Well, I am excited about that. Yeah. Well, again, I thank you ladies so much for coming on. I had a yeah. wonderful time and I pray that you bless my listeners because I know you blessed me. So hopefully they feel blessed as well. So I thank y'all and I can't wait to talk to y'all again.
1: Yes. Thank you for having <laughs> us. I will come back anytime.
0: So again, I want to thank the ladies of 10th Knuckles so much. That conversation was absolutely amazing. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it because I know I truly enjoyed it, as I said, with them. But one thing I wanted to mention before we even go into the announcing portion of the episode is we talked a lot in the conversation, in the interview, about the grace and mercy and the forgiveness that we have. And I wanted to speak on the blessing of Jesus Christ. So if you don't know, because of Jesus Christ, we all have the ability to be saved, to talk directly to God at all times, directly to him without some crazy sacrifice of a ram or anything like that. And that's all thanks to Jesus. And so I don't like any episodes without offering someone the opportunity to become reborn. Now I say reborn because in John, Chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So to become reborn is very simple. All you have to do is believe in Jesus and accept him as your Savior. It's that simple. So if you cannot remember a time where you've done that or you want to rededicate your life to Christ because that's possible as well, right now is the perfect opportunity to do so. All you have to do is repeat this very short after me. Lord Jesus, I know without you, I am lost. Thank you for forgiving and delivering me from sin. I give you the throne of my heart to lead and guide me in the way that I should go. In Jesus' name, amen. And just as simple, you're now a part of the union of Christ and we're so excited to finally have you a part of the family. Congratulations. If you did repeat that prayer after me, the first essential step that you want to take is to connect to the Bible teaching church. Churches are going to be so essential because they provide a shepherd over your life, which is a pastor, and those are very important in your Christian walk. And also they provide you with a fellowship community as well. If you cannot find a church in your area, I always leave my church's live stream link down below in the description box, where we go live at 30 a.m. and 30 a.m. Central Standard Time every single Sunday, so definitely tune in. And then the second essential step in my opinion is to purchase our reborn workbook you can find that link down below it's going to be a great tool in your new walk it gives you encouragement scriptures procedures questions to ponder over so definitely check that link out down below to help you along your reborn walk all right y'all so that is all that i have for you guys today but before leaving y'all know i have two questions what was your key takeaway and also did you learn anything new if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to comment down below in the comment section. And if you're watching on Spotify, you can comment in the Q&A section below in the app. I look forward to hearing your responses. Y'all know this podcast, the goal is to have a small group-like vibe. And so I love to talk to y'all and hear your faults. So definitely feel free to comment down below. And then also, I want to give a shout out to everybody who is tuned into the premiere. This was a long one. So if you are still here, I so appreciate it. I see you. We see each other. Thank you for the support. You are so good to me. And Actually, this is beneficial to you guys, but y'all just pour into me so much for supporting me. So thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And then regardless, if you're listening on podcasts or if you're watching on YouTube, you know what I want you to do? I want you to share this video with five of your friends. Get the word out. Let these people know that they need to obey and they need to let go. So definitely share this with five of your friends. And then if you do have a high low moment that you want to submit to the podcast, please be sure to submit those to either our Instagram, Facebook, or directly to our email address. I'll be sure that all the information is linked down below in the show notes. So that's all the announcements that I have for you guys. I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. I pray that this video found you blessed, and I pray that it left you even more blessed. In the meantime, in between time, as always, be obedient and I'll see y'all next time. Ciao.